When you think about it, voice is the only pre-programmed biological user interface we humans have. Think about it. The first thing we do when we come out of the womb is scream. It's our first search inquiry, and the result, well, it's usually right on the mark. Welcome to the Conversologist podcast, where we talk about the art and science of conversation in the digital space. We know that technology can be a powerful enabler in the customer journey, from marketing to customer service, but communication and emotional connection still need to be at the core. I'm your host, Rue Shearer, this week with Chief Conversologist Jam Mayer, and I invite you to converse with us. Welcome to episode 11, 11, 11. Voice is the new buzz. Now, um, Jam, hello. Hello. Okay, just a heads up. When I listened back to my last podcast about how I turned my friend into a chatbot, you remember that? Yeah. I, I nearly put myself to sleep. Okay, I sounded that bored. So I'm going to try and sound a lot more animated and energetic this time around. Okay. Now, how appropriate is that? Because we are indeed today talking about voice and all of its wonderful nuance. Now, this has woken up my inner nerd and it's got him reaching for his notebook and clicking his pen. This jam is my jam. Yeah, definitely, with all yeah. of your experience. But I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh-huh. We're fellow nerds. So let's, let's start off with some statistics, shall we? So being a Hootsuite ambassador and all that, according to the latest Hootsuite's Q3 Global Digital Report, done by Simon Kemp, of course. Thank you, Simon. As always, in partnership with We Are Social, more and more people are using voice through interfaces like Siri and Alexa. You know, it's intuitive, it's easy, everyone can do it. We're actually doing it right now. So it's one of those change trends that is inevitable. You know, the conversations we have through technology are going to evolve more and more to voice. Right. As marketers, what do we need to be aware of? You know, what should we be doing? And what skills are we going to need for this next chapter in the digital story? Okay, so guys, here's how it works. Since Jam is the brains and I'm just the beauty, don't tell me she's both because I need something to hold on to, please. (laughs) I'm going to ask the questions for the most part. Jam's going to give the answers best she can. And I'll probably jump in from time to time with my own nerdisms. And go, Jam. Hootsuite Q3 2019 Global Digital Report with We Are Social. What does it say about voice? What are the trends and where are we headed? We know it's growing. Globally, on average, 43% of internet users are actually using voice search and voice commands regularly. I think there are about 3.4 billion people already that are active. So just to give you some context. That's that's a big, big number. (laughs) The biggest group um, in terms of age groups, which I'm not really surprised, are the 16 to 24-year-old bracket. 52% of them has used it in the last 30 days. And it just goes down as you go through the age groups, which, again, is not surprising. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, the growth of voice was actually picked up by um, We Are Social in January this year as being a trend to watch. So we are definitely seeing that. Basically, you could say that as voice interpretation gets better, devices become more available, more and more people are picking up on how easy it is to use voice as an everyday interface, as you say. 
you know, you can multitask. You can search, walk, and look at the same time, and hopefully drive safely and search. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I've, I've done that. Yes. Asking Google Maps for a location while I was driving. How did it go, by the way? Let's just say Google Maps and I didn't have a great start. They say AI isn't self-aware yet. I say it's got too much of a mean streak for me to believe that. Google Maps is like, hey, sucker, he'll go anywhere I tell him. And I was driving in circles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, mm. I kind of still like Google Maps, but that's just me. Yeah. Voice is also popular in developing countries for another reason. And go and ask, why is that? Why? Why literacy? Yes, if you check, you'll find that 80% of adults now around the world are actually literate. And let's stop one moment to appreciate that, okay? This is a, stepping away from the podcast because while everyone talks about the world going to hell in a handbasket, things like a higher literacy rate than at any other time in human history by far, even over the past few decades, and more than half the world with a smart device in their hands using the internet. I mean, that's, isn't that amazing? Isn't that cool? Yes. But anyway... There's literacy and there's literacy. Just because you can read and write doesn't mean you're quick at entering a query with your thumbs. And people who aren't super flash thumb typists, such as yourself, Jan Mayer, appreciate the ease and fluency of voice. Well, I think you are also a fast thumb typist. I do have speedy little thumbs, I have to say. So there, <laughs> so there was a LinkedIn Live interview recently um, with Simon Kemp of languages that aren't easy to type in as quickly like Chinese, I believe, was his example. Yep, that's right. What's interesting is that they're doing this on their smartphones and desktop not so much, which kind of fits the profile of the people leading the trend, you know, the young and the restless, um, or yeah. people <laughs> in developing countries where a smartphone is their only interface with the internet. So they got their smartphone in their hand, they're using their voice. What are they doing exactly with voice? I don't know. How should I know? <laughs> anyway, um, searching for like nearby businesses, where to buy, where to eat seeking for answers, how to get somewhere like you, oh, Google yeah. Maps, mm -hmm. <laughs> going in circles. They're searching for videos, content to watch, everyday stuff, you know, that we're all relying more and more on our smartphones to do. E-commerce too? Yes, a voice is used in that capacity, but the big two are information exchange, you know, voice to message, voice commands, and search. I think search is by far the biggest. A big implication there just like smacked me right in the forehead. I don't know if you heard it. You ask your phone a question and you want it to tell you an answer. The answer. The answer. One answer. Isn't that kind of scary? No. Me? Scared? <laughs> nah. It's not in my vocabulary. I get really excited. Okay. But obviously, you know, there are threats to the status quo. And if you're not onto it, it could hit you hard, like smack on your head. So uh -huh. it's bad news and it's good news at the same time. We know that there are probably about 10,000 people working on Alexa. Google's um, one answer right now as we speak. There's a big office. I wonder if it's open plan. <laughs> oh, my God. Can you just imagine that they've got <laughs> their own pods? Anyway, so significance. Um, yeah. As you mentioned right at the beginning with the baby crying, uh, generally a voice search needs to be properly understood. And unlike a traditional Google search with us typing as fast as we can, I don't want you to give me 20 million answers. I want you to give me the right answer. Right. 
So that's what all this AI behind it is, you know, heading towards. You know, you see it at work already. If you start to ask a question on Google now, you'll see the answer in the drop-down search queries. Yeah. Now, if we're talking about questions with absolute answers, what's the capital of Sweden? Stockholm. There's not much AI <laughs> needed, right? Okay, so you're going to get an answer that hits the mark, and you'll be satisfied. I mean. Even more complicated questions: Why is the sky blue? Because the shorter wavelength of the blue light. Right, right. Okay, it, it's really going to come down to a comprehensive answer in simple language that kind of people can digest and are satisfied with. The challenge is going to be, say, marketers such as ourselves and businesses. I mean, is SEO? It is changing. Um, this isn't anything new. It's a progression. What we've been seeing anyway. So when everyone was using desktop, SEO was all about getting into the top ten results, right? First page, mm-hmm. not counting obviously the ads, which is now taking so much space. Yeah, about half of the first page. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's of course Google's answer box. If you can actually get Google to place your page onto it, you know those answer box. I mean, just for yeah. people who don't know what it is, it's it's just all of a sudden those FAQs. And you've got a link to a web page, and oh, cool! Google answer box. Click traffic. People won't even bother to look at the other results. If I can jump in, what I've actually mm. also read about that is that that's actually killing traffic because often the answer is provided so well in the answer box that they don't bother. Clicking through to the source. With the move to mobile as well, it's even more relevant. It's not about the top ten anymore. It's probably top five, maybe even top three, to be honest. And you've got the keyword snippets, rich content that people want to engage with.、Um, right. And there is the position zero. Position zero. Gulp.、Yep. That、yep. sounds scary. <laughs> I'm scared of everything today. I'm, I'm just scared. Tell me. It's like the default answer. It's the answer that gets read aloud, so to speak. And unless the、right. person searching turns it down and wants another result, it's the only answer. It's the snippets. It's because it gives you basically, and, and this results to fewer clicks. Is because it's already there and it has a little bit of information, and they go ah. And they decide, oh no, that's enough, or just move on. So position zero is the answer, the one that I was talking about when I asked this question. Position zero is you are so damn good at SEO, or something happened with your website, and people love your website so much that your answer or your solution is the one that Google decides it's going to tell you about in voice. Correct? Yep. And of course, I'm not an SEO expert here, so I'll、um, calling、yeah. out all SEO experts. <laughs> Maybe you'd like to talk more about that. This isn't an SEO podcast. No, it? it's not. Yeah, let's bring it back to the conversologist. What does it mean to us? Okay, so personally, for the conversologist, I say it's good news. Talking about you know ranking algorithms, and it gets more sophisticated. And、mm-hmm. now there's voice. Obviously, there'll be more about engagement and user feedback. And right, that's where meaningful interactions, the kind we conversologists nurture, become more important. Okay. By interactions, I mean the kind of conversation where you're seeking feedback, and then、um, you can then show in ways that Google can see and track. Okay. Let's use an example. Let's see. Because、hmm. I'm hungry right now while we're recording、mm-hmm. this, so、right. you own a burger bar. All right. Yep, I own a burger bar. I'm going to call it Roo Burgers. That kind of sounds like you're serving Australian roadkill. Australian roadkill. That's a great name for a burger. I love it. I don't even want to know what it is, but anyway, maybe part of your strategy is a voice bot. 
Right. It can take your order, uh, recommend something, remember past orders. Maybe they don't even need to come in store. The bot will even arrange delivery, but it also says, nice. hey, it was great chatting with you. Mind if I come back in a half an hour or so and ask you how was your burger? Now, I'm, I'm actually hearing all of that in an Australian accent. Hey, it was great chatting with you. How was your burger? You had a fun conversation with the bot already. So you say, sure. Why not? And the bot comes back and asks you to review Australian roadkill or something. Australian road, yeah. yeah. How was your Australian roadkill? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this is all voice. Remember that. Yes. You say the burger was awesome and you've got your review by voice alone. Wow. But the thing is, okay, without a natural engaging automated conversation, you're not going to get the review. And before you know it, Rue Burgers is Gone burgers. Uh, I work so hard on that place too. Oh, I really want a burger now with cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay, because this is something, all right? It's one thing to create engaging conversations in chat, um, which is what we try and do all the time, but voice, whoa, 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 yeah, I mean, whoa. Uh, what are you doing? I'm making noises. Right. But you knew what I meant, right, uh, when I made those noises? Sure. Yes, you did. Okay, so you meant... This is going to be a big challenge, and it's scary, but exciting mm. at the same time. Right. And you got that bit of the message without any words. This is where the big <laughs> challenge is, if you ask me. Okay, for us conversologists, if we're going to step up to the challenge of voice response and really engaging voice bots, in a way, we're all going to have to become something between copywriters and musical composers. Because here's the thing. Jam, say... I really love being a conversologist, but make it passionate. Go. I really love being a conversologist. Okay, now do it sarcastic. I really love being a conversologist. <laughs> and now determined, like you're trying to convince yourself. What are you doing? You're, <laughs> you're making me do stuff. <laughs> a another example. You and I have had a few misunderstandings through messaging with our thumbs in WhatsApp, right? Well, I'd say probably arguments, not misunderstandings. <laughs> just not exactly arguments, just heated realizations that you're always right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Fact is, there's a lot more understanding and a lot less friction when we're talking in voice. And that's because it's not just the words as it is with messaging to put it simply when we talk we sing did i tell you i belong to a musical theater company i love that time pay attention pace timing pitch loudness even vocalizations like cadence and vocal fry they all help communicate a message all the little aspects of voice Sorry, you got me in vocal fry like because I'm hungry <laughs> on fries. When you read a message in text, oh, you God. tend to <laughs> interpret it with your own emotions. Right. If I'm feeling something negative, I'm much more likely to read what you've written as being negative or sarcastic, even if that wasn't your intention. If I hear you say it, I hear your register. I hear the energy in your voice. Even the subtleties like brighter consonants, because you were smiling at the time. There's only one interpretation, right? Right. So, the key to truly meaningful conversations is realistic inflection and tone. Now, if you're trying to put that into a voice bot, I trawled online for good speech generators and none could come up with anything even remotely approaching the nuance of true human speech. 
they all sound pretty much a bit like this. I really love being a conversologist. Yep. Pretty expressionless. It's one thing machine learning interpreting a customer's mood from listening to their voice, which they can do now. It's a mammoth task generating mood, nuance, and inference in artificial speech because there are so many possible ways to deliver it, so many combinations. And let's not lose sight of the fact that those nuances change from country to country, dialect to dialect. And a lot of my inflections as a speaker of Americanized English are going to be a lot different from yours with a Kiwi. Programming that stuff convincingly and knowing when to apply which tone to really convey meaning and create engagement is no easy thing. I mean, it's hard and even harder to decide the exact tone appropriate for the user's mood. I mean, do you match sarcasm with kindness or with cuteness? Do you match sadness with sympathy or positivity? Exactly. A lot will depend on context. The point is, with voice, conversations and user experience are going to a whole new level. And that's where we all, conversologists, are really going to shine because the conversations we design will be the ones that stand out and get the results. One more thing, I guess, around that is conversation design right now. Um, I know there's a lot going on in the text arena and of course voice bots are coming into the game and digital humans etc but we have to rely on technology as you said you know there's nothing yet well I haven't heard if there's anyone out there please prove us wrong if there's anything that's close to human speech as possible it's easy to design it etc but in terms of voice will the technology catch up to us humans and if it does when it does what'll it look like The way I see it, this can go three ways if, as you say, Jam, we, the conversation designers, are going to create truly engaging automated voice conversations with all of the light, shade and nuance it's going to need to sell the Australian roadkill burger, right? (laughs) Option one, pre-recorded voice. This is basically the way a simple rule-based chatbot operates already with its quick reply buttons. It's also the way an IVR system works if, say, you're ordering pizza through a voice system over the phone by hitting the number pad. That's pretty straightforward as a conversation designer. It all exists now. You just need a good script and a talented voice. Option two. AI really comes into its own and actually begins to master the natural sounds of speech. Given the size of the challenge, I personally think that one's a long way off. Option three, and please I hope somebody's working on this, here's where I talked about us conversologists as being like composers. You can write your script, but there's an additional user interface that lets you control elements like pitch, register, speed, and the emphasis on words through a sentence. This is where a conversation designer becomes, like I said, a composer. Yay. Because it's almost like writing music. Where does it go up? Where does it go down? Where does it kind of waver in the middle? Now, am I just dreaming? Will those technologies be here in a year's time? Five years? Will it never exist because it turns out there's actually no user demand for it? That's a question for you to think about. I will think about it, I promise. Okay. (laughs) All right. Now... Jam, just before we go, um, we'd like to acknowledge the voice messages left to us by Nathan, who gave some great feedback on some previous episodes, including Why Do We Hate Chatbots? And Jam, your interview with Hilary Black of Black Ops. 
Now, among other things, Nathan pointed out that maybe don't offer the option to talk to a human at the start of the flow. Nathan, thank you. That was a valid suggestion. And client willing, one that makes an awful lot of sense. Now, Nathan also said the following. I really enjoyed the part where we were talking about how people actually would prefer to talk to a chatbot. I do think that there's this element of wanting to be a little bit anonymous, also not wanting to waste somebody's time. If you have dumb questions that a chatbot can answer, you're much more likely to want to talk to that chatbot so you're not embarrassing yourself in that conversation. Jam, do you want to talk to that one? Sure. And Nathan, by the way, thank you. Um, and just for those who are listening, um, Nathan is one of our podcast listeners. Thank you so much. I remember, I think, him saying that he actually listened to all of our podcast episodes in one go. Woohoo! Thank you. Binge listen. That's yes. what it is. Love ya. With regards to Nathan's comment, uh, sort of, it depends. It's a case-to-case basis because it depends on the personality of the person, the human being, comfort level of each person. For example, I, for one, agree that I don't mind talking to a chatbot for, like, simple questions. And because I am a very impatient person, you know that, and I like the instant gratification, I'll try to chatbot if available first because it's there 24-7. So it doesn't matter if it's 3 o'clock in the morning here, someone's going to answer me and hopefully with a correct answer. But what I find, too, is if you're someone who doesn't have all the time in the world a chatbot is okay versus a human or else you might just end up spending so much time speaking to that person. And with my experience in the call centers and BPO and everything, um, contact centers, it also depends on how good the rep is, right? So with a chatbot, easy peasy, it knows and it interprets your questions. It has the answer. You get it. If not, then that's the time you actually get a human being. So, yeah, it really depends. Do you have anything to add to that? Yes, I do. I also think in terms of about the dumb questions, I thought that was a really good point that people might be more comfortable talking to a chatbot if they have what they believe is a dumb question because humans being humans, sometimes you would rather not ask the question and screw everything up colossally <laughs> than ask the question and risk being mocked, laughed at, or getting a uh, audible roll of the eyes as you ask it. So, Nathan, I think that was a pretty valid point. Thanks for making it. Thanks, Nathan. Okay, Ruth? Right, that's it for this podcast. Thank you for listening. If you're on anchor.fm, you can do like Nathan and leave a voice message. We will listen and we will respond. If you found us on social or your usual podcast app, drop a comment, join the conversation, or you can visit our page, beautifully created by Jam, theconversologist.show, and tell us what you think there. Music Bed was composed by Carlo Vergara, and this podcast and images were produced by me. Yahoo! Till the next episode, thank you for listening, and keep talking.